Hi, Saints. Welcome to another edition of Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., here to help you grow in faith and walk in God's amazing grace. Today's message is entitled, You Are Complete in Christ. I was going to teach another message, but when God says I want you to teach something else, I am obedient to God. You Are Complete in Christ is the most important message I have ever shared next to the power of the cross. When I was with Spreaker Podcast, I taught a message on the power of the cross, and it blessed so many people. However, when I tried to transfer that message over to my my Anchor Podcast, I accidentally deleted it. Oh, well. So, I plan on doing another message on the power of the cross in the near future. So, let's sit back and get into this very important message. You are complete in Christ. Let us get into it. Okie dokie. Our lead scripture is Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. While you are going there, I want to explain to new listeners, because I get new listeners every day or every time my podcast airs, that I typically read from the New King James Version. Unless I indicate otherwise, I'm always reading from the New King James Version. So go to Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, and I will commence to reading. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Christ. Now, I always share, because it is very important, who is writing the letter, whom they are writing the letter to, and why. That is very important. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter. And Paul always wrote a letter because someone always shares with him and informs him of what is going on in the churches. So Paul often wrote letters of correction. Now I want to tell you a little bit about the church in Colossae. Colossae is C-O-L-O-S-S-A-E, the church in Colossae. Colossae was a city located in the Roman province of Asia. This province of Asia was in the western portion of modern-day Turkey. Ephesus was the major city of Asia, and Colossae was located about 100 miles from Ephesus. That distance would have been several days' journey by the transportation modes of the first century. See, we have cars today. We have airplanes today. They did not have those luxuries. Now, we do not know for sure whether Paul ever visited Colossae in person, but Colossians 2 and 1 seems to imply that he had not. Whatever the case may be, his influence would have reached there because of the lengthy period of time he spent in Ephesus. And that's in Acts chapter 19, verse 10. It states that Paul, that when Paul reached Ephesus, For two years, all the residents 
of Asia, both Jews and Greek, heard the word of the Lord, all the residents of Asia would have included the people of Colossae. Now, perhaps the Christians at Colossae had not been Paul's, uh, had not really seen Paul's face. However, he still somehow knew of them and cared deeply for them. Paul had also uh, had similar close contacts with Christians of Laodicea. Laodicea is mentioned in the letter in, in chapter two and, and I think chapter four. Laodicea was only about 10 miles from Colossae. Now the traditional view of Colossians is that Paul wrote it in the early 60s AD. Now, during his imprisonment in Rome, Paul was in prison in Rome when he wrote this letter. Several verses in Colossians indicate that Paul was in prison when he, he wrote this letter and the letter to the Thessalonians. Boy, I tell you, Paul suffered a lot to preach the gospel and to make, pe make sure that people stayed with the gospel. Now, this letter reflects a mixture of influences that were challenging the Christians at Colossae. They were being challenged by some of the religious and philosophical ideas and traditions that swirled about in the first century, in the first century world, and that, and that would have been in the Greco-Roman culture of Colossae. There is some evidence too that the challenge came from the Jewish community in Colossae. They had been insisting to the Colossian Christians that keeping the Jewish laws of Moses and rituals was still important and they needed to follow them. This challenge was drawing some Christians into those practices. Now, or if they had been, uh, or if they had a Jewish background, they were reverting back to the Jewish background. You know, the Judaism of, of this era might have been uh, or become uh, mixed with other philosophical or religious and, and mystical views. Now the prime message of Colossians is that Christ is supreme. He himself is before all things and in him all things hold together. The letter that Paul wrote to the Christians in Colossae emphasizes that Christ is to take priority in our lives. The letter gave a direct instruction about how the Colossian Christians were to deal with the challenges they were facing. The letter called them to put Christ first rather than to follow man's traditions and competing ideas. The letter also called them to stop trying to find life by keeping rituals and rules. He was trying to release them from the bondage they had been set free from. Now the letter, the, the letter further called them to put the emphasis on their life in Christ and to live up to this commandment in their early living. Now, Paul said, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Paul was telling the Christian 
the Christians in Colossae that they were complete in Christ. Now, when Paul heard about these false teachers entering the church in Colossae, he was greatly concerned. Paul wrote this letter to warn them, and it was out of love, about these false teachers and these false brethren. And when they entered the church, not to listen to them. If they excluded Jesus, Paul said, don't listen to them. Paul said, you are complete in Christ. Philosophies of men and traditions of men actually did not benefit you. That's what Paul was trying to tell the church in Colossae back in, in, in the early 60s AD. And he is telling that to the church today. Paul was trying to tell the body of Christ, these new Christians, that we don't need anything else outside of Christ. Let's go to Colossians chapter one. Let's go to Colossians chapter one. I want to read another scripture. Now, for those of you who know me, we tour scriptures here. Oh, no. Oh. We look at scriptures because that's where the word of God is. If we are going to grow in faith, we need to look at these scriptures. Colossians chapter one, and let's begin at verse nine. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. This is Paul talking. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into king into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins that is Galatians chapter 1 verses 9 through 16 we are complete in Christ now the word redemption means sold for a debt to buy back. We were bought by the blood of Jesus and we are complete in him and in him alone. We are under the covenant of love. Now I uh, recently completed a five part series called a new covenant with better promises. It gives you full detail and um, all scriptures supporting scriptures telling you that the Gentiles are not under the covenant of Moses and never have been. We are under the covenant of love, which was given by Jesus Christ through his blood. We are under the blood covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when Jesus said in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. He was saying that we are complete in him. I don't care what religion offers you. It will not and cannot offer you eternal life. Only Jesus can do that. 
in John 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus was saying that you are complete in him. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. Jesus is saying, you are complete in me. Now, somebody is wrong and somebody is right. I choose to believe Christ. If Christ says, I am complete in him, and his apostles say that we are complete in him, we need to follow what the apostles say, but more importantly, we need to follow what Jesus says. I don't know about you, but I am complete in Christ. Now the apostles, uh, John says in, in 1 John 2 and 1, he tells us, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but for the whole world. There is no forgiveness of sins without Jesus Christ, my, my sisters and brothers. When God sent his son to be the atonement for our sins, the ground was leveled to where all men could, could come to Christ and be reconciled to God. If you are outside of Christ, you will never be forgiven for your sins. You are complete in Christ. If you try to add anything to God's salvation plan, you are not under his grace. His grace is in Jesus and in Jesus alone. We need to understand that if somebody is concerned enough to write a whole letter from prison after they hear about the love you have for Christ and he hear that false teachers and false Christians and, and false brethren had entered into that establishment and started to uh, try to convince these new converts that they needed to revert back to the laws of Moses where, where you could not be saved through the laws of Moses. We already established that in a new covenant with better promises when I taught on that. You cannot be saved through the laws of Moses. You can only be saved by confessing that Jesus is Lord. That is in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 10 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God rose rose him from the dead you are saved we are saved by grace that's free it's not of works of the law it's free so Paul was saying you don't need traditions anymore you don't need the laws anymore all you have to do is put your focus and keep your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and walk in love and you're good you may stumble every now and then but if you stumble we got an advocate we have an advocate with the father his name is Jesus and he will pick you right back up your sins are forgiven but those who are outside of Christ who stumble their sins aren't forgiven and will never be forgiven unless they enter into the new birth through the new covenant which is the blood of Jesus Christ and you have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and then receive him in your heart. Now, Jesus said in John 10, 27 and 28 that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish 
neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Man can't take you from Jesus. And we need to understand that. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So if you are rejecting the truth, you're not rejecting the minister who is sharing the truth with you. You are rejecting Christ. And if you are for Christ, you're not going to follow false teaching. If someone is trying to tell you, look, you need to follow our traditions that we have put in place for years. And some of the laws of Moses, not all. Because you got to remember, Paul says, if you're going to put yourself under the laws of Moses, remember, you are indebted to keep the whole law. And they couldn't do it. It was impossible for them to keep the whole laws of Moses. So they started implementing their traditions, which they enjoyed following. And it was easy for them to follow. And by the time Jesus came on the scene, and I told y'all this before, they had no clue what the laws of Moses really was. They were following their traditions. It was traditions of men. Now, my brothers and sisters, man and his, his traditions may look and sound good, but tradition can't save you. Jesus does. Philosophy, I'm sorry, philosophy may sound good, but philosophy can't save you, Jesus does. I don't care how many years pass by, the blood of Jesus will never grow old or cold. You are complete in Christ. I don't care what man tells you or what he shows you. I don't care if what they're saying sounds so good to you and you like, oh, I'm going to follow this. Remember, Jim Jones had a following too and started off in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Started off faking like he was a Christian and he led thousands to their death. You need to remember that just because what someone is saying sound good to you don't mean it's from God. You have to tell yourself, I'm sticking with Jesus because those that endure until the end shall be saved. And I am complete in him. Don't let religion tell you you can't eat or, or what you shouldn't eat or what you should wear, what you should put on, or you should go to church on a certain day or on a certain day, like a Friday, you can't eat meat. Where's that scripture? Where's that scripture under the new covenant? Jesus said, walk in love. As a matter of fact, as long as you give thanks to anything, any type of meat, you can eat it and you can eat it on any day, Monday through Saturday. You can eat it on any day. You are free. I'm trying to tell you, my sisters and brothers, you are free in Christ. You are complete in him and you don't need nothing else. Only don't use your freedom as an occasion to sin. Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is still eternal life. But the wages of sin is death, and that's not going to change. So you got to be careful here. The, uh, those who don't quite understand will think that, oh, yeah, because Christians are under grace, they can just do what they want. No, we can't. We're supposed to walk in love. We're supposed to be walking in the fruit of the Spirit, my sisters and brothers. Against such, there is no law. See, the law is good for something. It tells us what sin is. That's what it does. It tells us what sin is. So it is good for something. We just don't have to abide by it. If you walk in love, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the spirit. But if you so happen to fall, I want you to keep that in mind. We have an advocate with the Father. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to comfort one another 
with these words. And, and I wanna, how on earth are people who are over 10,000 years away from Christ going to tell you that you need to follow their traditions when the apostles who walked with Christ, who slept on the side of Christ, who worked alongside of Christ and died for the sake of the gospel says you don't. Now this written in your Bible. Oh yes, it's in your Bible. You are complete in Christ. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is a mother for the motherless. He is a father for the fatherless. He is a sister for the sisterless. He sticks closer than any brother. He is a healer. When the doctor says, we have no cure for what you have. Oh, but I have a cure. His name is Jesus. He's my healer. He is a provider when you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Oh, he'll make sure you eat. He is a deliverer when you have an addiction. He is your protector from the wrath that is coming. He is your comforter when you are feeling low. He may not come when you want him on your time, but he is always on time. Now walk in your freedom and be happy in the Lord because you are complete in him. Now I want to read two more scriptures to you. No, I want to read three more scriptures uh, to you. Let's go to Galatians chapter four. Let's do Galatians chapter four. Uh, let's see. Galatians chapter four. And verses eight through 11. Galatians four, eight through 11. But then indeed, this is Paul talking again. When you did not know God, you serve those which by nature are not gods. But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly, to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you. What? Paul says, I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. I'm afraid for you. Why? Why do I have to tell you again? Why are you falling back? That's what Paul is saying. Why are you falling back to the things that you were delivered from? I labored for you in Christ. I'm, I'm showing you the things of Christ. Because look, new converts have to be taught the word of Christ. It doesn't come naturally. What changes instantly is your heart. You will feel a difference in your heart because that's where the Holy Spirit resides. The Holy Spirit is our seal. You know how circumcision was the seal for those uh, under the law? Our seal is the Holy Spirit. Paul says, look, I, I'm afraid for you. Y'all are turning away from the Savior. You are turning away from, from what saved you. We, I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, that seal you have. My goodness. What happened? Why on earth are you allowing these people to come in 
and show you things. See, because people gravitate to what they see. It's very hard for a weak Christian who, and when I say weak, they, they are new in the word. They're still uh, drinking milk. Uh, they don't like you to tell them about their behavior. So, you know, you don't just share the scriptures with them. And uh, what happens is if they see someone in the church, in the pulpit, preaching and teaching, they think God put them there. No matter what they say, oh, okay, we, we can, uh, I can go by, I can, I can go with that, I can roll with that. What happens is, and I'm gonna share this story with you. Uh, I was holding a conversation with uh, someone that I know, uh, know and, and is a very dear friend of mine. And we were talking about a uh, pastor at a particular church had an affair with a member of the church. Now this pastor is married and the and he impregnated the woman and the woman was sitting, sit every day on the first roll of the pews. And so this female was telling me, yeah, and he told the congregation, don't say anything to her, don't bother her, don't do her anything. And she was saying it as if it was okay with God. No, it's not my sisters and brothers. We ought to abstain from sexual immorality and adultery is included in that. We are complete in Christ. We are saved by grace, but we still have to maintain a certain order and certain behavior or we can cause people to turn away from Christ. People who are trying to leave that type of lifestyle. And if they see somebody who, are, who is in a pulpit who put themselves there and they're doing it, Imagine what that does to that person. I would have left the church. I would not have sat under his, his teachings. I know I wouldn't. And this person was saying it with a smile and say, oh, well, he said, he told the congregation, don't tell anything. Well, I couldn't believe it. I, I, look, I was stunned. I was stunned that this person was even saying this. And I, I'm like, look, people we are complete in Christ we are but we need to know when God is talking to us that I know for sure God is not speaking in every every scripture that's written God is not speaking and we need to know that too because that's what people are confused too I have a lot of series coming up on that one called know your enemy uh, know when God is talking because God is not speaking throughout the Bible God uh, spoke through the Lord Jesus Christ. He spoke um, maybe 95% of the time through his apostles, because sometimes the apostles gave their own opinion. But the good thing about it is, is they told you when they were speaking their own opinion. And they also told you when the revelation was coming from God or coming from Jesus. But they also told you when they were speaking their own opinions. So I say to the opinion side, my opinion may be better than yours. You know how when you have a, a, a team and you are the team leader and something comes up and you don't have a policy for it or a procedure for it and, and then you come up with this idea, you meet with the team and you say, give me your, let's, let's talk about this. Tell me what you think. And then one of the team members have a better idea than yours. When the apostles are giving their opinion, because a lot of them did we can give ours too. Our opinion may be better, but the principles are in the scripture. 
The scripture may not be there, but the principles are. So you got to know when God is talking and, and when he's not. You got to know when you can exercise your judgment. But when it comes to the Christians at Colossae, they really didn't know. They were following, because the fact that they accepted Christ as Lord and Savior tells you that they were willing to do the right thing, but they needed guidance. You know, they had old friends coming into the church saying, yeah, yeah, it is Jesus. And then they say, look, we need to go, you know, still follow, follow the laws of Moses. Now, some of them meant well, but some of them did not. Some of them did not. Some of them had not accepted Christ and died outside of Christ. It's, it's a sad situation when something this easy, people reject. When it deals with your eternal soul, whether or not you are going to spend eternity with Christ and whether or not you are going to spend uh, eternal damnation in hell. It's a choice that we have to make. I mean, I give you information so that you can grow in faith and so that you can walk in God's amazing grace. That is the purpose of my ministry, so that you can grow in faith. Faith, if you don't know the word, you can't do, do you can't follow God's will. If you don't know his will and you don't know his word, his word is his will. When you say the will of God, you look at his word. The will of God is that you believe on his son, Jesus Christ, and that you love your neighbor. That's God's will. You accept Christ as Lord and savior, and then you walk in love. You walk in love, not for salvation, but because of salvation. Now, I told you to go to Colossians 2. We're going to read verses 16 through 23. Let's see here. Verses 16. I have to find 16, y'all. Okay, here we go. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward. Taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vanity puffed up by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the in increase that is from God. Did you, did, did you hear what Paul just told them? He said, let no one judge you in food or in drink. These Jewish people who were following Judaism was telling them they couldn't eat certain things. They couldn't drink certain things. Paul said, you can drink whatever you want. You are complete in Christ. But look, look what else he says. He says, don't let them judge you regarding a festival. That is, you know, holding celebra certain celebrations on certain days or a new moon or Sabbath day. Ah, did, did, did you hear that? Let no one judge you about that. You are complete in Christ. You don't need those things. You don't need those things to be reconciled to God. Now, there are some events that we recognize it has been commercialized and uh, the world has associated it with Christ, such as Christmas. That's not a bad thing, but that's not something you have to recognize to be 
uh, reconciled to God. Thanksgiving is a national world holiday. That's not something that's associated with God, but it's something okay. Just don't associate it with God. Hey, look, this is a day we set aside for, for just to be thankful. That's good, but don't reconcile it to God. See, the mistake people make is by attaching these things to God. See, we got freedom in Christ. We don't have, and then they have some people that go so far as to say, oh, I can't acknowledge Christmas. I can't acknowledge Easter. Why not? You can acknowledge it, but Easter is not associated with bunnies. It's okay for you to go to an Easter egg hunt, but don't associate that with God. Don't associate that with Christ. You are complete in Christ and Christ alone. You don't have to observe these festivals or new moon or Sabbaths. You don't. We are complete in Christ. Now I want to look at one more scripture. It is in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I wasn't going to read that scripture, but guess what? I've decided to read it. But I have to find it, my people. See, that's uh, so we got a few seconds. I'll find it. Um, okay. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Let's see where I want to start. Okay. Let's, let's read from verses 12 through verse 15. But what I do, I will also continue to do. This is the apostle Paul talking to, uh, the Corinthians in Corinth that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we, to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. And I told you a few seconds ago, see, I wanted y'all to see that in scripture, that it doesn't matter how nice that pastor is. It doesn't matter what he's saying. If, if what he is saying is sounding so good to you and making sense to your carnal mind doesn't mean it's God speaking. It's an alternative behind that message. If that message is not from God, see the apostles were giving you a message that was from God that is going to benefit you, not just you, but ben benefit your soul. We have ministers out here today just telling you anything to get you to come in there and bring that money. Oh yes, getting you to come in there and bring that money. So Paul is saying, look, I, uh, I want you to pay attention to what he says at the beginning of verse 12, but what do what, but what I do, I will also continue to do that. I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. He want to cut them off. Paul said, no, no, uh, -uh. I'm gonna call them uh, what they are. They're false. They're false apostles. They working for the devil who can transform himself into an angel of light. Now, most people think the devil is somebody who 
You can see his horn sticking out his head. Uh, he looks evil, but the devil is very cunning. Oh yeah, he can transform himself into an angel of light with a, with a beautiful smile. Axa, and this is a, a sensitive subject, but I want to use this as an illustration so you can get the understanding. Ask a woman who met a very nice guy who swept them off of their feet, handsome, in the beginning, I mean, treated them like a queen, and then once the relationship was established, he turned into a monster. Beat the woman, beat the children, I mean, put the woman, beat them so bad they put them in the hospital. But revert back to when you met them. Let me tell you, that didn't happen overnight. That's how they were when you met them. They just didn't let you see it. Remember Jim Jones, the Guyana tragedy. Jim Jones started out as a well-known minister in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He developed a huge following because he was saying things that people wanted to hear. People was always looking for something to gravitate to other than themselves. I'm going to follow him. I like what he is saying. Had no clue if what he was saying was written in scripture and was it for us. He started out nice. Y'all know he went to Guyana, built a whole little village. And he led a couple of thousand of people to their deaths. Now, some people realized when he started changing, he, he no longer taught from the Bible. He closed the Bible. Now, a well-known minister uh, whom I'm familiar with uh, said that he went to visit Guyana in that village. And he said he knew something was wrong when Jim Jones was not teaching from the Bible. He said Jim Jones was up there saying all kinds of stuff that he wanted to do. He was implementing his ideas, his 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 traditions, uh, things that he wanted to do to satisfy him. And he said he got up and left and he knew he never thought the man was going to lead those people to to their uh, depths. But he actually thought that people would come to their senses and leave. So when he heard what happened, he said he was devastated. But the handwriting was on the wall. We cannot continue to follow false teaching. You are complete in Christ. If somebody is telling you to do things that is outside of Christ or not including Christ in it, you, I think you need to make a decision. I'm not going to tell you what to do. My job is to give you the truth. You need to make a decision whether or not you are going to sit under that false teaching. Because in the end, if Jesus is not the center of your attention and your soul leaves your body, meaning the end of your life. You got to remember, Jesus said, many of you will come to me on that day and say, Lord, haven't I did, haven't I done mighty works in your name? I even cast out demons in your name. Jesus said, I don't know you. Get away from me, you who work iniquity. You have to put Christ and what he did on that cross first. It's not hard. It's not hard. People think that they become robots after accepting Christ. That's not true. I watch, I, I love stand-up comedy. Uh, some of it has uh, filthy language. It's hard for me to listen to, but I love to laugh. But it's nothing a comedian can say to influence me to do it. Because guess what? I'm complete in Christ and my allegiance is to the word of God. But I mean, I read other books outside of the Bible. 
I watch movies. I like a good comedy. I like a good action-packed movie. If I want to go, I just recently won tickets to uh, the New Orleans Saints and the um, Minnesota Vikings game that's coming up in August. I, I normally don't like a crowd unless I'm, I'm preaching or teaching to the crowd. I don't like being around the crowd, but I say, I can go to that. I can go to that if I choose to go. There's nothing wrong with me going that. There's nothing that's going to happen in that game that's going to influence me to do something wrong. I'm still going to walk in love. I don't care. So, so a lot of people running from Christianity because they think they have to give up their entire life. No, you don't. Honey, you, are, you have been set free. We are saved by grace through faith because if we had to be saved by something we've done, none of us would be saved. Nobody under the sound of my voice would be saved. God is a good God. He is a forgiving God, but you got to be under his covenant. His covenant is Jesus. You got to be adopted into the family of God. Remember? And Jesus is the adoption agency. So you have to remember you are complete in Christ. Don't let nobody tell you anything different. Don't let nobody add anything to it. Because if somebody come to you and try to tell you, you need to do this or you need to do that, I want you to lead them right back to our lead scripture. And what was that? Colossians uh, chapter two, verses eight through 10, that tells you we are complete in Christ. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. I want you to remember, Satan, you are complete in Christ. Just don't use your freedom as an occasion to hurt someone or to walk in sin. Have a blessed day. Praise God. Praise God for that powerful message. You are complete in Christ. Now, if this message has been a blessing to you, you may show your support by going to my Anchor or Spotify homepage and donate an amount of your choice. If you have any questions or comments regarding this message, please send your comments to trustgod55.cd at gmail.com. Now until next time, my sisters and brothers, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. See you next time.